Well, good morning. You know, when you uh, go to eat lunch with somebody, part of the reason why you go is because there's going to be food there, uh, hopefully lots of it. If you're smart, you pick a buffet and you can eat as many enchiladas as possible. But the other part of, of eating with someone is just kind of catching up and seeing what's going on. And so we're going to get to the meat in just a minute, but there's a few things that I want to catch up with you guys. Some of you might call those announcements, but we're a family. We're at the table, and there's a few things that I want you to know about. Uh, first off is, I don't see her here, but Carolyn has a reason to, I, I don't know if celebrate is the right word, but she's been stuck with Norm today is 64 years together, and so... That is just wonderful for Norm and, and Carolyn. They're usually here. I'm guessing they're online. Also, uh, there's another reason to celebrate for Kenneth Taylor. I don't know if he should celebrate. He's having a birthday. Uh, and, and Red, you make sure that you're paying attention because Frida has a birthday today, so I hope you didn't forget that either. So, so there's, there's good reason for us to celebrate that as well. There's also a couple more things we want to uh, make you aware of. Uh, we just got word that Sil, uh, Sue Gilchrist is having some health issues. And so we just want to ask if you'll put, pray for her and Ronnie. And if you have a moment, uh, uh, pick up the phone or a, a pen and a card and, and make a note. I think she really would appreciate it. And please keep them in your prayers. A couple more things real quick. Uh, we're starting our life groups uh, next week. If you're not involved, get involved. It's a really great way uh, to get to learn and study. We have these books available. You don't have to have these books if you um, want to be a part of the life group. Uh, if you want to get these, they're available back there, especially for those of you who have signed up. Please make sure to get one. We have a the, the regular book, and then we have a workbook. Um, if you want either or both, make sure to go back to the back and grab one. Uh, if you would like to make a donation to offset the cost, they're, they're $12 each. If you want a book but, but you don't have the resources to do so, grab a book and somebody will take care of it. So make sure to grab one of those. And then the last thing, uh, as Tim mentioned, um, we have some uh, cribs up here. Uh, and there has been a challenge set forth by Mary Brewster and the ladies' Bible class. Uh, they want to help support uh, the, uh, the Legacy Group, which is uh, going to be meeting next door. Uh, they provide help for, for uh, uh, younger women uh, who are, are pregnant. Uh, and so we want to support them in that. Uh, it's a tough decision to have a child. For some of them, they're in some difficult situations. And, and the world's going to tell them they have lots of different options. Legacy says, hey, here's another option. Why don't you, you know, uh, allow your, your community to help support you in raising that child? And so we want to be a part of that community. And so we have a, a, a little bit of a contest going on. So if you'll notice over here, in the right corner is the adult's crib, okay? And they're seeking uh, diapers and pull-ups. So be very, don't get confused, people. Okay, we don't want adult diapers. Okay, I'm not speaking for everyone. Lynn and Rusty, I don't know what you want. That's none of my business. But adults, I've been waiting all week to say that. I could not wait for that one. I, I chuckle. Every time I saw them, I just laugh. And I'm like, wait till Sunday. Wait till Sunday. So the adults, we are collecting diapers and pull-ups. Okay, 
And then the youth are collecting baby wipes. And we have something on the line. You have to have something on the line. The, the winner of this contest is run till the end of October. And I don't know how we're going to figure out if it's going to be by weight or I don't know how volume. But we're going to figure out. And the winner is going to get to have donuts in class when it's all said and done. So if you are a kid, beg your parents to buy wipes. Okay? The baby wipes. Not... The, the diapers. So we have all that aside. Now it's time to get started. I'm now officially starting my stopwatch. All of that was not part of, of my time together. So once again, I want to say to you, good morning. That's not a salutation. It's not a greeting. It's not a, an utterance or a catchphrase. It's a proclamation. I am proclaiming that this morning is good. Some of you agree. Some of you don't. Some of you are indifferent. And some of you are just undecided. But I want to stand here today and I want to reiterate this pronouncement one more time. It is a good morning. Now, I'm not saying that because the ambient temperature outside is not in triple digits yet. I'm not basing that on the final score of some sporting event. And I'm not suggesting that it's a good morning because my knees aren't sore, I have a good credit score, or in fact, that I don't have to work tomorrow, even though ironically it's called Labor Day. That's not why I'm saying this morning is a good morning. I'm saying it is a good morning right now because right now I have it. And I'm not the only one who has it. You know who you are. It. It is what some of you have and all of us want. It makes people of all ages and colors and nationalities smile. It fills the bride as she walks down the aisle. It gives the widow permission to breathe. When she feels like she's going to suffocate. It is what causes the soldier to charge. The prisoner to write. And the graduate to head off to school. It is in high demand. It isn't hard to find. But it is difficult to retain. It can be lost. And it can be found. And then it can be lost again. Satan hates it. And time can whittle it away. If not cared for, life will distract, dismantle, and destroy it. The best way to keep it is to fight. But on our worst days, we wonder if it even exists. It 
It is what we're here for. It is what we need. And in John chapter 20, it is all over the page. And so we're going to look at it and for it this morning. Starting in verse 1 of John chapter 20. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. She came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they put Him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and he looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place separate from the linen. There it is. It is right there. It is why Peter and the other disciple ran because they desperately wanted it picking up in verse 11 now mary stood outside the tomb crying as she wept she bent over and looked into the tomb and and saw angels in white seated where jesus's body had been one at the head and the other at the foot they asked her woman why are you crying they have taken my lord away she said And I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was a gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I'll get him. Mary cried. And she begged because she couldn't find it. It was nowhere near the grave. And then continuing down in verse 19, on the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them. Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his sides. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Now Thomas, who's also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples said to him, We've seen the Lord, but he said, Unless I see the marks on his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. A week later, the disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. And though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. 
the overwhelming desire for it led Thomas to be known as the doubter, which I think is really unfair because everybody else had already had the opportunity to see Jesus, to see the nail scars in the hands and and to see his side, but it was Thomas who wanted it. But he knew it was so big and so important and so overwhelming that he couldn't really believe. Have you ever been there before? Had something seemed so good, so great, so amazing that you had to pinch yourself and say, could this really be happening? Did she really say yes? Did I really get that job? Are we really having a child? I, I don't know. Can I really believe this? Something so good, something so great that it might cause you to doubt. See, it was glimpsed in the tomb. It was seen in the garden. And it was felt in that room. But it didn't come from those places. It originated in heaven. Not only did it come 2,000 years ago, it still flows today. What is it? And how can you get some? I want you to know that you can get it here. We gather around the table, and it is promised. What is it? It's simple. It is hope. Hope that comes from a God above, from a man who saves, and from a spirit who sustains. Hope is shared in church buildings, it's poured out on mountaintops, and it's administered in minuscule but potent doses on really bad days, during hospital stays, and even at concentration camps. We can spread it, we can receive it, we can feel it, But if we're not careful, we can lose it. You see, hope is freely given, but ironically, it's hard to come by and almost impossible to keep. You see, Satan steals it, the news bludgeons it, and time lessens it. But this morning, I want you to know that as you look at Peter and Thomas, and Mary, you can be reminded that you're not alone, even when you struggle to find it. Shortly after Mary begged the carpenter-turned-gardener to give back the missing body, Jesus revealed himself. Filled with hope, she ran out and told people, I have seen the Lord. She knew it. She felt it. And it changed her. Just like it would change Thomas and Peter. It changed everything. Hope is why a guilty man begged on a cross 
and why an innocent man died on one. This morning, some of you are basking and bathing and swimming in hope. And others of you have lost all of it. The world has stripped you of hope. The newspaper has taken it away. The media has robbed you. Life and experiences, failed marriages, brokenness has led you with no hope at all. I asked Tim to lead that song this morning because I suspect that some of you feel that way. That you come broken and you come wounded and you come desperate and you come empty and you come guilty. And that's okay. We've all been there before. I know we love reading Hebrews 11 and talking about people of great faith, but the fact is, even those great people struggled. Abraham faltered. Moses failed. Peter ran. Not towards the tomb. He ran away from the cross. And some of you think, I'm just so broken, and I struggle so much, and I just don't have any faith. And then comes the guilt. Satan tricks you into losing hope and then laughs at you when you do. And you're tired and you are exasperated and you sit in a pew every Sunday and you think, does this really even matter? I have nothing. I am nothing. And you just have no hope. I want you to know, if you lose hope, I want you to know if you've lost all hope, there is always more of it. This is something that's interesting. The word hope only appears five times in the Gospels. Three times it refers to Jesus. And get this. All three times, it's past tense. Not, I have hope. People had hoped. And it wasn't always with good intentions. The Jews hoped that they could catch Jesus so that they could find a way to drag him before the Sanhedrin. Herod hoped that Jesus would perform some kind of miracle and provide some kind of entertainment for him. And then there were the disciples. Headed back from Jerusalem, back home to their town of Emmaus, as they are walking down the road with this person they thought was a stranger, and they said, we had hoped that Jesus was the Savior. The only time in the Gospels 
where hope is used with Jesus, it is when people had hoped in Jesus and it didn't work out the way they thought it should. Whether it was a trap or a hope for a miracle or even a savior. People lost hope. I suspect that there were some nights that Paul, in prison, praying, begging, begging God to take away this this pain, this, this thorn, this ailment that he had. And it certainly must have seemed hopeless. You see, we've all misplaced our hope we've put it in health or politicians or money but again if you've lost it you can always get more you see all of this started from a comment from a friend of mine who I saw last week and it was so good to to see him and I, I said boy it's so nice to see you and his comment was you know what this this world is just going crazy. And I, I just figured I needed to be here because I can't handle what's going on out there. And I'm like, it really, it really cut me. And I thought, I think this is what I'm called to do. I mean, I, I want to push. I want to challenge. I want you to strive, but... But there's some days I just want you to know that if you come in and you feel hopeless and you feel beat down and you're exasperated and exhausted and you're guilty and broken, I just want you to know this. Just come. That's the way He wants us. If you come broken, you're still coming. And I'm not talking about just showing up in here. Come before the Lord. Don't be afraid to say, God, I'm really hurting. And it hasn't worked out the way I thought it would. And I'm frustrated and I'm upset. And Jesus has just come to me. Bring your brokenness and your hurt and your hopelessness. If you had hope and you lost it, it's okay. There's plenty more. And it's real hope. Not just a temporary hope. It's something that, that even if we lose, we can keep getting back. If a hungry person wants some food, they can hope that the pizza delivery guy shows up on time. Right? If a fan sits in the stands and watches their team, they can hope that their team will pull out a victory. And an entrepreneur can invent something and hope that other people decide to buy it. But all of those things are hopes that may be easily found, but they're also lost because they never last. But it's different for us, like nobody else. Nobody else has this. If you're not a Christian, you don't have this. It doesn't exist. If you don't believe in Jesus, if you don't believe in eternity, the best thing that you can hope for is a pizza that gets there on time. 
or something that's going to last for a little bit. But if you don't believe in Jesus, it ends the day that you stop breathing. But we have hope that says no matter what happens, we have something greater. When the pizza is cold, when the Cowboys don't make the playoffs again, when the business fails, we still have hope in something that this world cannot promise or give. It's only found in Jesus. And so maybe you're struggling this morning. Maybe you're undecided. Maybe you're indifferent. Maybe you think there's just no reason to have hope anymore. Don't believe that lie. Hope climbed on a cross. Hope was buried in a tomb. And hope rose again. And hope's available for all of us. If you're struggling this morning, I just want you to know you're not alone. We've all been there before. But I want you to know you can have hope. Because God offered everything so that you could have the hope that's found only in Jesus Christ. And so this morning, if you're broken, just, just come. If you're guilty, just come. If you're wounded or desperate, if you're broken, come and find hope in Jesus. Let's do it this morning as we stand and sing. Thank you.